This is a Liverpool Echo podcast on Anfield Plus, the home of your daily podcasts, bringing you the inside track from Liverpool FC. Hello and welcome to your latest Blood Red spin-off podcast. I'm Paul Wheelock, and here at the Echo, we've had to think a little bit out of the box during the dreaded international break, which thankfully is now coming to an end. But funnily enough, it's one of the Liverpool players who have been away on international duty who is the subject of this special podcast. It's well documented just how good Joe Gomez has been so far this season, but I decided to take a look into how he has grown to become a starter for both Liverpool and England at the age of 21. To do that, I picked up the phone to Steve Avery, who is the long-serving academy manager at Charlton Athletic. Now, when it comes to young players, Steve knows what he's doing. Along with Joe Gomez, he's oversaw the development of the likes of John Joe Shelby, Harry Arter and Adamola Luckman into Premier League players in recent years. But we mainly talked about Gomez, and Steve offers a fascinating insight into the person behind a player who is quickly becoming first choice for Jurgen Klopp and Gareth Southgate. Speaking of Southgate, Steve used to teach the England manager in his previous life working in a school. So we got him to talk about that too, and the pride he feels at seeing Gomez line up for Southgate's side. We spoke when Steve was on his way up to his hometown of Sheffield to watch Charlton's under-23s in action. So apologies in advance if the sound quality is not perfect, but hopefully what Steve has got to say will make up for it. An Anfield Plus podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Hi Steve, thanks very much for joining me to talk about Joe Gomez. Are you okay? Yes, I'm fine, thank you. Good morning, yes. Not a problem. Well, we can all see what an excellent player Joe Gomez is, is developing into at Liverpool and for England as well. But if you rewind back 11, 10, 11 years ago and he was starting out at his hometown club, Charlton, and, and as the club's long-standing academy manager, is that where you first came across him? Yes, I did. I was, uh, I was the assistant academy manager at the time and I had a responsibility then for for the schoolboys from age 9 to 16 and uh, Joe came to us signed for us as an under 10 he'd been in the system really since under 8 but we didn't sign him first of all actually uh, right. under 9 we thought, we thought he probably needed uh, still a, a year or so in our development centre that we ran at that time uh, in Lewisham close to where he lived so he, he spent an extra year as an under 9 in the development centre before before we did sign him under 10 for the academy and what did you notice in that change in that year you know between not being signed to them being signed and then the rest is history <laughs> almost well I mean I wasn't specifically dealing with him you know there was an age group coach obviously at that time responsible for what we call the foundation phase of 8 to, to 11 years of age um, but of course I, I do remember him and uh, remember looking at him at that time um, it was actually a, a bit heavy on his feet as an eight-year-old, and you know, it didn't look as if he he, he moved as well as uh, the Rolls Royce that he is now. You know, so uh, but he was a he was quite a, a well-built lad for his age, and and clearly not short on ability as well. So we certainly thought it was worthwhile uh, signing this on ten. We've never looked back, and he's never looked back. Certainly, I was, I was doing my research into him. His early days with with Charlton, he was a, I think he was he was thirteen playing for the under fifteens, and then he was a championship regular at seventeen. I remember watching him actually for Charlton, I think against Blackburn when he was seventeen. That's not particularly normal, is it? I know good players play above their age group, but you know his progress seemed rapid in, in those years. Yeah, I think he, I think he pushed on in particularly from around about the age of under thirteen. They, they were a very talented group that he was that he was in. I mean. 
for example, one other player in that group was Casey Palmer, who who's a Chelsea player now on loan, I believe, at Blackburn. And uh, they were a very talented group. And under 13, they did in fact reach a, a national final. And, and I always remember that final that was played at uh, Birmingham City's ground. And, um, it was then that I thought, you know, this lad is certainly, along with one or two others in that group, ready for the challenge of playing in an older age group because he was certainly coping comfortably at his own level. Since then, he's, he's, he's played above. He will have occasionally gone back to his own age group and played in, in, in probably more important games with his own, uh, with his own peers. But uh, we've challenged him as, I think, you know, good players, players who are in, in the top two or three of their age group. You know, they do need that extra challenge uh, playing in the age group above. And so at under 15, we, uh, we gave him his opportunities at under 18 level as well. And then from there, he went into the championship, didn't he, uh, at that time. And what was he like when, when you were watching him there and playing in first-team football and senior football for the first time? Well, you, you always wonder. I mean, when he was given that first opportunity, I think it was uh, 17, actually, when he was given his first opportunity. Uh, he was still a scholar, obviously, what we call a first-year scholar. And uh, the manager at the time, Bob Peters, uh, Dutch manager who'd come, a Belgian manager who'd come into the club, took him under his wing, so to speak, pre-season and gave him that opportunity. And well, obviously you wonder just how he will will cope with that. But Joe's always been uh, an individual who somehow finds a way of uh, of meeting the next challenge and uh, getting his head round it. I think the fact that he's a very level-headed, mature individual and has always been kept that way by his family, feet firmly on the ground. So he he thinks things out very well for himself, both in the game and off the, and off the pitch. And how important is that you've, which will come to you, you've developed so many good players throughout the leagues, non-league and Premier League, particularly if you will mention later, how important is that for someone like Joe to have that kind of good family background or good, good, having good people behind him? Well, it's it's enormous in my mind. You want the parents to buy into your expectations and your values uh, straight from, from from the day they sign. And it's interesting that you could bring this up in discussion because it's only over the past weekend that uh, I've been in touch with, with his father, Gus. Uh, they still live, uh, live in Catford, you know, where Joe was brought up in South East London. And the reason I, I, I wanted to speak to Gus was because I'm due to deliver a presentation to our parents, our academy parents, tomorrow evening. And uh, I'm going to, in fact, base my talk around the importance of our values and how we want parents uh, to buy into our values uh, as part of their son's development. And his father has made a, a really important uh, contribution to my, to my talk tomorrow night okay. by, by talking about the values that he bought into when he was bringing Joseph through the academy and, uh, and the fact that he always tried to keep him humble, level-headed and uh, recognised just what an important place he was in and to enjoy every minute while he was with us. Definitely. Was there an opportunity, given, you know, I'm sure he was turning heads at 15, 16, was there an opportunity he could have left Charlton earlier than he did? I think there was interest, Paul. You know, I, I, I wouldn't really... Uh, want to be naming clubs but I think there was interest clearly and uh, you know one of his one of his peers Casey Palmer did leave to go to Chelsea at 16 so 
you wondered whether you know maybe Joseph or his family might get the head turned. But again, the father believed in uh, our culture, what we were doing for Joe, and uh, he wanted to see you know that next stage of development. Shall we say sixteen to eighteen? Certainly through with us. And you will again. We'll come to some of the players who you've helped develop into Premier League players. Did around that time? Did you feel that Joe did have that natural, a bit the ability, physically, technically, and also mentally to go and play for a Premier League club? Well, again, it's it's a tough question to answer. I mean, when he when uh, when he went to Liverpool and went into the first team so so early and <laughs> played at left back, I recall to begin with. Yeah, it was his debut, wasn't it? Yeah, so I, I don't recall seeing him play left back. I've seen him play right back and centre back. He, he he certainly coped very well with the full back position on the other side. But yeah, I mean that that was one hell of a challenge. But uh, but again, you know, Joe has this way. I mean, at fifteen, we, we looked at him and thought he could head a ball well. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, but but again, yeah, but more so in the contact situation. You know, but uh, he found a way. He found a way, and uh, certainly no trouble in that respect at the moment. He's always found a way of uh, coping with the challenges of the game, whether it be the tactical and the technical. And the technical, I think, he's worked very hard at anyway, with plenty of work in his own time. And physically, he's always been a big lad for his age, and very quick. And uh, some are, some are blessed with it, and some aren't. And he's certainly an asset to the top level in the position he plays. It's it's not been without pitfalls either, has it? He's had some rotten luck. He uh, after okay. yeah after yeah. he's after he's okay. not long after he signed out, really bad injury, didn't he? And even at the back end of last season, you know, I think he came back in for that Stoke game before the Champions League final, and obviously before the World Cup. And I think he said he's, he said himself that he probably rushed himself back, but just to help the team because there were so many players out. What does that say say about him really? That the you know about not only well, the fact that he's, he's referred already to you know asking me the question whether he has that mental capability to, to to deal with the situations whether and he does he just has that way of dealing with adversity and two long-term injuries and, and one and certainly at the end of last season which meant him missing the world cup as well but he copes with those situations well uh gets his head around it i'm sure he has plenty of support from the right people at, at liverpool of course and uh but he just gets on with it and he would do all the rehab that he needed to do in the correct way i've got no doubt about that because he, he is he is the ultimate professional. No doubt he's got a bright future. Do you think it's at right back or are we starting to see Joe Gomez the centre back now? Well, I'm delighted to see him play centre back this season because I've always thought that that's his position. And uh, of course, that's where he played at the weekend as well. And that partnership that seems to be developing at Liverpool looks, uh, looks very encouraging uh, for Joe and also to be playing along. So, uh, Aside someone who's so experienced and, and, and quality as well, definitely. What's it like seeing him play for Liverpool and England on a on a personal note, having known him since we since he was a young boy? Well, it does make me very proud. I mean, uh, I've only seen him play live once for Liverpool. I went to the Arsenal game last year, and actually, I went to that game with his father. And, and you know, typical Joe. That particular game, I thought in the first half he did so well playing against Sanchez, but in the second half he was undone actually. Uh, on, on one of the goals uh, by Sanchez and uh, I remember having text conversation with him after the game and typical Joe typical Joe realised that there was uh, lots more to learn 
he seems humble. That's 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 a great sign, doesn't it? You know, and I think a lot of the Liverpool yeah. players sound like that as well. They seem to have the the feet firmly well, fixed to the floor. Credit to what's going on there at the moment. Definitely, he's, he's always very complimentary about the role you and Charlton played in his, in his development. That must mean a lot as well, you know, for a player who's who's flown the nest, but he always remembers where he's come from. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he'll ever forget his roots. And uh, I remember seeing him uh, right at the beginning of last season, where he had a few days off and decided to come and watch our under twenty threes. It's it's just like talking to the same Joe, you know, as, as if nothing's changed. He loves coming home when he can, and. As I uh, alluded to earlier, he's he's got this these strong family values behind him that that, that keeps him grounded. As I've alluded to myself a couple of times in this conversation, Joe is not the only one who's graduated from Charlton's academy to the Premier League in recent years. And I, I think I think anyone who's seen the survey done, I think it was uh, last year or earlier this year, that you had the seventh most productive kind of academy in the country ahead of a, a number of Premier League clubs. You've you got the likes of Carl Jenginson, John Joe Shelby, Adam Ola Luckman from the, the Blue Half of Merseyside with Everton, just to name but a few there. What is it that you guys do so well down there? Well, I'm often asked that question, Paul, and... Uh... I don't, I don't think it's any one thing. I mean, obviously, we value the importance of our coaching and having the right, <clears throat> the right quality of coach and the right person who we feel can uh, put over our philosophy and, and, and fit into our DNA. So the, the, the people that we employ, not just the coaches, but the other, the other staff in other departments, uh, such as sports science and education, very important. Um, but I think I've. I've hit the nail on the head a little bit with what I'm going to talk to these parents about tomorrow night, you know, because it's, it, it is our values, I feel, um, that, you know, the strong staff values that we have in terms of our professionalism, our appearance, uh, the time that I think we have to make for individuals, not just on the pitch, but a lot of time that we have to make for individual players off the pitch as well. Uh, we've got a very strong work ethic, and that's very high on my... Uh, my agenda of uh, how I value people, and then and then of course trying to get the parents and the players, of course, to to buy into our culture, uh, to to have those values as well. And and yeah, yeah, it's, it's no one thing. But but the last thing I would say is, and I'm probably biased in this respect because I've been at the club 18 years. But I don't think you need longevity with people. You can't keep everybody happy amongst the staff. I've got 27 staff full time. But I think you do need people that, uh, you know, like myself, they may not stay as long as myself, but if you can get people to work at the academy four, five, six years or possibly more, then I think you've got a chance of uh, that message that you're trying to get over on a daily basis being embedded and uh, developing the culture that, you know, you set out to do. Well, wise words there. It's, it's, it's opportunity, the key as well. You know, like it's clear you you can develop players at Charlton, but you, you give them a pathway as well, don't you, to, to get into the first team? Yes, and, and that pathway, I make no bones about it. I think that pathway has become a little bit easier for players, probably with our league status, you know, when we, when we drop down from the Premier League. But, you know, managers who've had to look to us because of some of the financial constraints they've had on them have. I found that we've got the young players in the system and, and our players, I think, are in the system anyway. We know we've got some good young players in this country who just need that opportunity. And uh, although I've worked with quite a few managers over the past four years, 
you know, nevertheless, those managers have, have looked at the players we've got and given them the opportunity. Certainly. And and once that once that begins, it it's that conveyor belt begins. It it rolls on and on, and uh, you're not just uh, you're not just telling the parents about your intentions, but you've got the statistics and the facts behind it, and it certainly helps in terms of recruiting players. Does uh, Jurgen Klopp and, and Brendan Rodgers before him deserve credit? Because particularly with Klopp at the moment, you've got a defence of Gomez and Trent Alexander-Arnold on the right. You, you know what the Premier League's like. It's it's pretty cutthroat. You know, they, they almost sometimes sacrifice young players. But at Liverpool, it seems a bit different. With the opportunity for young players. Yeah, very, yeah, very, yeah, yeah, to to be given a chance. Well, I, yeah, I mean, of course, when he when he went to Liverpool and, and Brendan was there, I, I, I thought that was quite. Uh, Significant at the time, really, that uh, to go to not just a big club, but a big club where where a manager had come through a youth development program and a successful one at uh, Chelsea. When when I remember Brendan from working there, so I thought he was going to uh, the right man, and uh, that seems to, I don't know Jurgen Klopp, but uh, that seems to have continued the yeah. belief in young players. Definitely. So quick before we finish just quick talk about another person from your past and I know you've definitely been asked this question before the other manager Joe Gomez plays under is Gareth Southgate he's trying to uh, get England the young players through and build a brighter future for the country now he's someone uh, you used to teach I believe in uh, your former career as a school teacher <laughs> yeah I don't think I've had quite the same influence on Gareth <laughs> when, when, I, when I did teach uh, I was 14 years as the as the head of PE at uh, Hazelwick School in Crawley and uh, when I went there I think in 1986 when I went there Gareth was uh, 15 years of age at the time but uh, I do remember teaching Gareth yeah for about a year and a half yeah yeah before he then went to Crystal Palace so again uh, we talk about characters and personalities and uh, very very similar to the young man we've just been talking about uh-huh. very similar I mean, that's a good, yeah. good way to round it off as well but just a final one really so Saturday night Joe Gomez is lining up in the England defence against Spain you, you play you help develop and then Gareth Southgate when you form a few on the sidelines <laughs> you must allow yourself a little bit of self-indulgence and think yeah, that's, not, that's not bad going you seem, you seem a very, no, seem a very modest man yeah well when, when Joe uh, when Joe went first of all went away with England uh, I did say to him you know uh, you know Pass on my regards to your manager. Uh, <laughs> ask him if ask, ask him if he remembers me. Yeah, yeah. And funnily enough, on Saturday night you referred to Saturday night, but I missed the game live because I was on my way back from Sheffield. <laughs> where, where, so uh, yeah, I didn't have that opportunity of seeing it first down straight away. I had to had to make do with the highlights. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you'll get plenty of opportunities in the future. Steve, thanks very much for joining us. Uh, safe trip up to Sheffield for the under 23s game, and, and keep up the good work, mate. Thanks very much, Paul. You've been listening to an Anfield Plus podcast on the LFC Echo app.